What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the 4th and Long Podcast. I got my boy Jace with me. Carter might join later, but we're not sure. Jace, what's going on, brother? What's up, man? Man, uh, we had a new playoff rankings drop on Tuesday. This is the third third one, right? Yeah. I think it's the third one. Um, ask you some questions about that. So it's one – I'm just going to give you the top eight because there are two more teams that have a slight chance of making it, but I highly doubt it. Uh, one is Georgia, two, Ohio State, three, Michigan, four, Florida State, five, Washington, six, Oregon, seven, Texas, eight, Alabama. Who does not control their own destiny out of those eight teams? I don't know. That's tough. It's like all of them do. You think so? I think so. Um, my only one, I think, would be Texas. Texas, like a 12-1 and one big, champ, big, uh, big 12 champ, they went out. They win the Big 12 championship. I believe they still could get jumped over. I really do. Yeah, I, if everybody wins out, then yeah, I think they might get jumped over. Yeah, so let's say, let's say for instance, Georgia wins out. Um, one of Ohio State and Michigan wins out. Florida State wins out. And then Washington and Oregon. Uh, now that I think about it, I'm not sure. I think, I think what they're – they need to be more scared of is Alabama winning the SEC championship. Yeah, I don't know how you'd be able to leave Alabama out of it if they won. Yes, yep. And then you got Ohio State or Michigan, Florida State, Washington or Oregon, and then it's either SEC champ Alabama or Big 12 champ Texas. But Texas has the head-to-head, but right now Alabama's playing better, obviously. But uh, I would not I would not hate it either way. I would kind of be annoyed if Alabama did jump Texas just because of the head-to-head. But I can see it either way. Yeah, I, I think the head-to-head will matter a lot, or it should matter a lot. I don't know. I think so, too. I think so, too. Just the last four or five weeks for Texas have been kind of disappointing. I mean, they've only lost one game all season. They've won all their other close ones. But, uh, yeah, they just haven't been playing like we know they can. Yeah. And Alabama is finally hitting that streak where they used to be three or four years ago where they're just blowing out teams. Yeah, they're scary, but kind of jumping ahead, I don't think they match up very well with Georgia. I don't, I don't think so either. Um, Alabama versus Georgia, we'll talk about that, I guess, in just a little bit. But I think I don't think they do either. I really don't, especially with Georgia's offense just on all cylinders right now. Yeah. Usually that's – I mean, Stetson Bennett was a stud last year, but, man, Carson Beck, has he's been phenomenal this season. They have so many weapons when they need them. I think Mike Bobo might be the best person ever at developing white people. <laughs> they got Brock Bowers, Lad McConkey, Carson Beck. Man, Stetson I, Bennett. That's already three times as many white people on any other roster. <laughs> he just couldn't um he couldn't develop JT Daniels. <laughs> oh my gosh. He, he is um he's at Rice right now. Yeah, playing just he, as good as he did at Georgia. <laughs> All right, Jay, it's another question for you. If Oregon State wins out, that means they beat Washington this weekend, which they're, fav- they're favored in that game, which is so cool to me. And then the next week they play um, Oregon in a rivalry game. And then they win the Pac-12 championship in that scenario between Washington and Oregon State. Um, Oregon State beats them again. Should they be looked at by the CFP committee? They're a two-loss team. Their losses on Washington. Yeah, Oregon State. 
I don't think so, just because the Washington State loss is so bad. Yeah, oh, it was so good at the beginning of the season. I was like, that is a good loss. Those are two good teams right there. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of teams in front of them that have a better loss. Yep, I think I think so too. Um, but, man, what a season for them it would be. Uh, that'd be 11-2, and two, Pac-12 champ, man. Uh, but, obviously, a lot of tough games between now and then. Um, let's rank the five games we are most excited for the last two weeks of the regular season and including conference championships, if you're that confident. You, go, you go ahead. Yeah, if you got them, you go ahead. I got one, Bama, Georgia. Two, Ohio State, Michigan. Three, Washington, Oregon. Four, Oregon, Oregon State. And five, I mean, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a good game, but it's a rivalry game. Something always happens is Bama-Auburn. Okay, okay. And that's at Jordan Hare, too, so it, it really could. Some things could happen. What a way that would be for Hugh Freeze. He beats Man. Alabama his first year back in the SEC. There's a team I thought this year he would beat that he's not supposed to. I don't think it's happened yet. So, I mean, uh, yeah. never know. Hey, he wasn't supposed to beat Arkansas. I think we were right. ranking that game. Not that bad. <laughs> Uh, my five is one Alabama versus Georgia, two, two would probably be Washington and Oregon, but I didn't c- include them just because it's not a hundred percent yet. But I understand why you include them because it's most likely going to happen. A uh, two for me is Michigan and Ohio State. Three is Oregon State Washington. Four is Oregon State versus Oregon, and five kind of a weird one Florida State versus Florida. And that's just because it's going to be in the swamp and uh, be a big game for Jordan Travis. Be a big game for Billy Napier. Yeah, He'll most likely be, be needing a win. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited for that one. Yeah, me too. Uh, not really any jaw-dropping news or anything, but UCLA will most likely let go of Chip Kelly after this weekend, after the USC game. Yeah, he'll probably get an OC job somewhere. He's always been so good at uh, crazy offenses, except for this year. He is pretty much – changed his whole outlook on the defensive end. The defense for UCLA has been great, and the offense has struggled all year long. Imagine if he would have never left Oregon. I know it. I know it, man. Um, Yeah, so not really much to say about that one. I wouldn't I wouldn't even know candidates for a UCLA job. I think it's a pretty yeah. good job, especially coming to the Big Ten, but yeah, um, I, I wouldn't you even got, know candidates. You got your in-state big brother, though. That kind of sucks. Yes. Um, yeah, so more on the coaching search, name some fun candidates for A&M. You can name two or three or more than that, but who would be the most fun and exciting candidates for A&M, in your opinion? Uh, Lane Kiffin, Mike Norvell, Dan Campbell. Okay, okay. Are those all the three you put on Instagram the other day? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, I would like to see Dan Campbell back. I didn't know until recently, like you said, that he went to A&M. I did not know that. Uh, so fun candidates for me would be, imagine Dabo at A&M. Oh my imagine God. that. Um, also, Dion. Dion's just kind of like a, a no-brainer as far as fun. Uh, the environment would be insane with Dion. The environment anywhere Dion goes, I feel like, would be insane. And then Lane Kiffin for me as well. So, not really a overly exciting weekend of football. If you look in the SEC, it's kind of depressing, the games in the SEC this weekend. I mean, it is horrible. We'll talk about 
I guess we'll talk about three games. We'll get we'll dive deep into two games, but let's start off with some interesting games. Colorado at Washington State. Both of these programs need a win, and to make a bowl game for each of these teams, they need two wins to end the season. They're both four and six. Uh, Colorado plays Utah the week after this one, and Washington plays Washington State plays Washington the week after this one. So two tough games next weekend for both of these teams, but this weekend they need a win. Yeah, both these teams are kind of struggling right now too. Washington but, State's on a six-game win streak or a six-game losing streak. Shoot, Colorado was something like that, isn't it? Might be longer than uh, that. I think it's they start off they start off three and zero, so they've they've won one of their last um, seven. Hmm. What was that? One win? of their last Arizona State. Oh wow. Yep, yep. And then Arizona State um, beat Washington State two or three weeks ago. And they beat – Arizona State beat UCLA last week. So, I, I understand the Chip Kelly thing when I remembered the Arizona State stuff. I think it'll be the under-the-radar game. I think it'll be fun to watch. And it, it's tomorrow, which is really fun. Yeah. It's uh, think, it's that 9.30 Friday game. I think Shadur can have some success against this team. I mean, he's Absolutely. been over here. How did he um, get dropped out of the Heisman conversation? They just completely stopped talking about him. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, when he was three and zero, man, he was he was my front runner. Probably, I really think yeah. he was. I don't know if he's ever I, been my front runner, but he's been top three. The first two weeks, I had him and Travis Hunter one and two. <laughs> I remember uh, listening to an LSU podcast after the Arkansas game. Yeah, and it's like diehard LSU fans, and they were like. Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix. I mean, Jaden Daniels is on that tier underneath them, but he's almost there, you know. Oh, my Respect gosh. on his name. And dude, now it's like – and back then I was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. He's almost there. Yeah, he, he definitely is there. He is definitely there. Those would be the tier one quarterbacks for me. I think there would be four of them. I, yeah, I think, I think Bo Nix, uh, Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix Jr., and Caleb Williams. Or we could put Shadur in at five as well, make it tier one with five. But I don't know. Tier one's tough. That is tough. You'd have to look at quarterbacks that, like, their team would be, like, three wins without them. I think I think without Shadur, Colorado would be 0-7 right now. Yeah. Now, 0-7. They played 10 games. So <laughs> without, uh, without Bo Nix, that would still be pretty good. I think so, too, yeah. I think so, too. Um, Big Ten game, Michigan at Maryland. Michigan has, of course, Ohio State next week, and that's the biggest game of the season for both of those teams. Could be a look-ahead spot for this for this team. Um, we got the news today that Jim Harbaugh accepted his suspension, so all he's getting is three regular season games or two more regular season games uh, suspended, but then he's, he's good for the playoffs if they go. He's good for the Big Ten championship if they go. And, I mean, that's it. That's it. That's all they're doing to Michigan and Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, I didn't know what the alternative was to not accepting it. I They would just fight it. They would fight it, and then some more evidence would come out probably against them. So they decided to – it's kind of like admitting your guilt. And yeah. it's kind of like a plea deal. Yeah, definitely. Yep. But I think this um, game is not going to be that fun to watch. I think uh, Blake Quorum has another big game, and Maryland really struggles to move the ball. Um, yeah, they they definitely have been. Michigan won this game thirty four to twenty seven last year. It's kind of kind of surprising, but Maryland scored late to make it a one possession game. Michigan has not lost to Maryland since twenty fourteen. 
Um, can you name, I don't know, it's going to be a tough guess. It's going to be a tough guess. It's not Denard Robinson. Um, but who was Michigan's quarterback in 2014? Can you think of it? <laughs> Man, I thought you were about to say anything Michigan-related. I was going to can say you? Jabril Peppers is what I was going to say. <laughs> um, he wasn't on that team, but he was close. This guy, um, Michigan's quarterback this year was Devin Gardner, if you remember him at all. No, I don't. I vaguely, vaguely remember him. But this was bad Michigan teams. Um, they also had Devin Funches, if you remember him. He's wide receiver on that team. Yeah, yeah, I remember him. Did he go to the NFL or anything? I think so. I bet he did, but I don't know. I don't remember ever hearing about him. So, I have Michigan winning. I don't – I guess I should have said who I have winning the first game. I have Colorado beating Washington State. Uh, I think I think they'll get the win over that one. And in this game, I have Michigan beat Maryland pretty pretty convincingly. Yeah, me too on both of them. Um, the change of scenery is because Kelsey just got home from practice, so it would be like me making her be quiet for two hours while we yeah, do this. I was wondering where you were. Yep, I'm in my I'm in my guest bedroom. I brought a <laughs> cooler, huh? Yeah, your boy is off work tomorrow. For the yeah, next, I get a week and a half, man. Um, the 29th is when I start my new job. Excited, man! I am. I just just hope it works out. You know, I've been been through this before. You know, if y'all hear slurping on cameras, Cameron drinking. <laughs> I got this this Rockhound IPA. Oh, you nasty, man! It ain't it ain't my favorite, but it's all I got right now. I got one of those variety packs of. Um, I was about to say, why would you even buy IPA? Of that Lost Forty Brewing Company. That's that, that's Arkansas based, buddy. I know. I mean, I, I like a lot of them, but I yeah. I don't know if I've tried this one yet. They have a lemon one that I'm a big fan of. Um, welcome to the College Football Beer Podcast. Yeah. Um, Jason had to bring some of your some of your stouts on here one day, man. You drink some wild shit. Uh, I haven't drank beer in a long time. Uh, move on to the next game. Not really. Too much to talk about with this one. Number 14, Oklahoma travels to BYU. Uh, BYU's in need of a, a win. They're five and six. So I guess this is their last game. Um, so BYU has to win it to make a bowl game. And BYU started off five and one this season. And now they are five and six. Wow, that's bad. Yep. Um, BYU's a team, you're probably going to laugh at me again, that can hang around if you give them the opportunity to. You know all about that as a Hog fan. But uh, BYU is a team that can stick around and give them a chance. You should know all about that. <laughs> yeah, I should. Yeah, I should. Um, but I think uh, Dylan Gabriel keeps on balling like he did last week and OU wins. I, I, like I do 30, too. 37-24. Guess who sorry ass is watching that game with me, Jason? Who? That man. We watched <laughs> BYU beat Arkansas together. I was at uh, another friend's house watching it. It was he very was, joyous. He was trying to get me to change it to Colorado versus Colorado State. You remember that game? I do. That was a good game. That was exactly. a good game. Way better than being you man. But he it was, was going down to the wire. Y'all went up fourteen nothing like twenty five seconds into the game. Dude, it was crazy. We were at a um, we were at a restaurant and the the punt return happened and I thought we were on top of the world. I thought we were walking into Baton Rouge three and zero and going to put the whoop ass on them tires. We almost yeah. did, still. I'm going to say almost put the whoop ass on them. <laughs> um, so, Dylan Gabriel, 
coming off an eight touchdown game against West Virginia. That just sounds insane. Uh, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Oklahoma is still alive in the Big Twelve championship hunt. Actually, they are the biggest um, fans of Houston this week that you can imagine. Uh, Oklahoma State just has to lose one, and Oklahoma's back in there. Um, also, I think if Texas loses one, Oklahoma's back in there. So, a lot of things to be excited for in Oklahoma. Um, since start, since coming into the Big 12, BYU has only won two conference games this year. That's Cincinnati and Texas Tech. In their last three weeks in the Big 12, they've been outscored 117-26 to 26 to uh, Texas, West Virginia, and Iowa State. And that's not even including a 44-11 to 11 loss early in September. So they they've been they've been getting drummed at the Big Twelve. Um, do y'all remember Keaton Slovis at all? Yes, he was at USC, transferred to Pitt. I think he did pretty mm-hmm. good at Pitt, um, and now he's at BYU and not having a good season. Twelve touchdowns, six interceptions on the year for him. I think Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma rolls. Oh, I got Oklahoma winning probably forty. Yeah, it could be it could be ugly, but yeah, it could get really ugly. Yep. Um, college game day is at this ball game. It's App State at James Madison. NCAA denied James Madison's request for a bowl game um, again this week. They, I think, put in the request on Monday, and the NCAA denied it. Um, and that's because next year they'll be eligible, but you can't be eligible for a bowl game your first two years, which is so stupid. And also, the basketball team for James Madison just went into Michigan State and beat the number four team in the country on the road. And, um, yeah, but, yeah, apparently to the NCAA, they're not ready for D1 competition. I don't know a lot about these two teams. I don't watch a lot of James Madison and App State games. Nope. I think App State is, like, what, third in the Sun Belt or something? They're third in the Sun Belt. So it's number three versus number one this week. So big, big test for both of them. Yeah, but what is uh, App State's record? Uh, six and four. Six and four. Yep. It's going to be six and five after Saturday. <laughs> How do y'all agree with the decision of game day going to this game and not Oregon State versus Washington? It's they go through. Like, they fix the, the dumbest game we go through sometimes. Sometimes they do. Jays has a big problem with um, <laughs> I, I usually do, but I actually don't have a problem with this one. I um I, I do like the James Madison respect and the Sun Belt respect, but man, that's a big game up there at Oregon State. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's big games every week. You got to sacrifice some of them doing this. Yeah, they go to a they go to a smaller school every every year at least once. Yeah, I think last year they went to that game and it was a hail mary. They went to um an Appalachian State game. I don't even know where James Madison from located To be honest, I don't either. Now that you say that. Um, I don't know. Uh, James Madison's biggest wins, this is kind of put it in perspective with other teams that we do know of. So they beat Troy. Troy is the second-best team in the Sun Belt. They also beat Virginia 36-35. to Virginia beat North Carolina when North Carolina was undefeated. They also beat South Alabama by eight. Uh, when, and South Alabama beat Oklahoma State 33-7 to in week three this year. That's something to keep in mind. Uh, they also beat Marshall 20-9, to and Marshall beat Virginia Tech early in the season, and Virginia Tech had a shot to go to the ACC championship. So that's kind of some perspective on the on some context on those teams. So it is a good team. It really is. It's not like – it's not like upper echelon. I mean, 
um, stuff like that that obviously we know of. But um, their quarterback, 26 touchdowns, seven interceptions on the season, also has six touchdowns rushing. And next week they do have to play Coastal Carolina, which is the second-best team in the Sun Belt. So exciting things in the Sun Belt this year. Yeah, I can't sleep. So James Mad- James Madison <laughs> will probably be the Sun Belt champion and can't go to a bowl game. Oh, and the Sun Belt so bad, man. <laughs> Arkansas State's in the Sun Belt. <laughs> yeah, they care. <laughs> oh, Butch Jones. <laughs> the man, man cried was, after week one. Frank, it was remember Frank Oklahoma? Jones. You remember Oklahoma beat the hell out of him? And he started mm-hmm. crying. Butch Jones, man, what a guy. Didn't they put like 73 on him? I think I think exactly 73, yep. Jeez, man. I think, uh, I mean, yeah, I think they were good last year, maybe two years ago as well. Um, they still got uh, Grayson McCall. Grayson McCall. Um, their quarterback this year is Joey. Oh, no, no, no. They, I think they do have Grayson McCall. I'm looking at still Appalachian State's McCall. quarterback. Yeah, still here. Yep. And he he's always been good at that level. So I think James Madison will roll. I think they'll be 11 and up. Um, let's go to the Big 12. Number 23, Oklahoma State travels to Houston. And if Oklahoma State wins out, they're in the Big 12 championship. Bowman coming off three interceptions last week. Ollie Gordon coming off 25 yards rushing and them coming off a 42-point ass whooping. Uh, they need this win. And if they don't go to the Big 12 championship, I think this season, I know before the season they weren't picked to do a lot. But, I mean, if they had this opportunity, needing to win one game, or maybe two games. They might not even have to win the next two games. But if they don't go to the Big 12 Championship, man, that's that's pretty disappointing. Yeah, I would say so, especially what Gordon has done this season besides last week. Um, they're a really good team, so they're not making the least of the Big 12 Championship is like a point right now, for sure. Especially after beating Oklahoma. Yes, it's the, it's the high of beating Oklahoma that – I mean, everybody's expectations were so high after that game. We thought they figured it out. And then last week was just ridiculous. Um, Houston needs to win both games, both of their last two for bowl eligibility. I'm going to be saying that a lot tonight. A lot of teams, a lot of pretty good teams need two wins to make it to a bowl game. Uh, Their two conference wins are against Baylor, who they won by one point, and West Virginia on that Hail Mary, if y'all remember that. Uh, Donovan Smith, the Texas Tech transfer. He is their quarterback, and he has 20 touchdowns and 10 interceptions on the season. And they have some pretty bad losses this year to Rice, to TCU, to Texas Tech. Uh, Dana Holgerson's always been a good coach for Houston. He won eight games last year. He went 12-2 and two in 2021 and beat Auburn that year. And uh, But, I mean, the goal is six wins this season. Yeah, um, Oklahoma State's been super inconsistent. Yeah, But sure. I think with, with Ollie Gordon – and just the talent difference, I think they're good enough to squeeze by Houston. Yeah, I think if you would have told Oklahoma State they'd start off, um, I think it was two and two, maybe one, I think two and two. They lost to South Alabama, then Iowa State. And then if you told them they went nine and three into the Big Ten, Big 12 championship, you'd um, they'd be pretty happy. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, going to the Big Ten, uh, one of our last games on the – uh, just interesting games. But I went down a rabbit hole in this game earlier today. Nebraska, 5-5 five and five at Wisconsin, who's also 5-5. Five and five. So both of these teams need a win. It's the battle of the new Big Ten coaches, Matt Rule and Luke Fickle. 
And I, we probably thought it would be a little bit better than this, especially when both of them got to really good starts, five and two and five and three. Um, but these past two and three weeks have just been they've it's been ugly for both of these teams. Nebraska was five and three. They lost to Michigan State and Maryland last week. And um Wisconsin started off five and two and they lost to Ohio State, Indiana, and Northwestern these past three games, averaging eleven points a game the last three of those. Yeah, these teams are like identical in every way possible. They they really do seem like it. They uh same record. Uh, early head coaches trying to get going. The uniforms look the same, same colors, <laughs> everything. I, I feel like this game can be either very interesting or very, very boring. I think so too, man. I think so too. I think with these two coaches, like the most interesting thing about this whole game is the coaches to me. I don't care about any players on the field. Nothing. That's just it's like it's all about the coaches. Let me give you all some stats to kind of put this in perspective. And these are insane stats, and this this is why I went down a rabbit hole today. The quarterback play for Nebraska has been atrocious. Uh, Heinrich Harburg is their most consistent quarterback, and he replaced he replaced uh, Jeff Sims early in the season. And he has seven touchdowns and seven interceptions on the season. So at least he's been consistent, you know. Um so the quarterback stats for him, Jeff Sims, and their third stringer, Chuba Purdy. They have 1,273 yards passing on the season, eight touchdowns, and 14 interceptions with all three of those guys. Um, Michael Penix Jr. has 3,500 yards on the season with 28 touchdowns and seven interceptions, to put that in perspective. So he's more than tripled their their yards. Um, those of those three quarterbacks, and he's more than tripled their touchdowns with half the interceptions as well. So the quarterback play is atrocious. Harburg, the quarterback, is their leading rusher with 477 yards, leading rusher. That is 138th in the country, and Ollie Gordon has tripled that this year. And last that I want to give you, their leading receiver for Nebraska is Billy Kemp with 246 yards receiving. That is 436th in the country, and USC has six wide receivers with 246 yards or more this season. I just wanted to give you all those. <laughs> that is crazy perspective. It's insane. It's insane. And with all those numbers, Nebraska has a small chance of making the Big Ten championship game. <laughs> I think Matt Rule needs to be fired. Oh my gosh. I think I think he's gonna have him good unless unless he leaves. He could uh, uh he could go to the A and M job, he could go to the Mississippi State job. <laughs> no, oh man, I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't mind it. But no, I, I think he'll have him good in a few years. Yeah. Uh Carter, we didn't we didn't talk about it earlier, but Chip Kelly is being let go of this week, pretty uh probably this week against USC. Um so UCLA will be on the prowl for a new coach. How do you feel about your um, your former coach, Chip Kelly. He ain't been worth a crap since he left Oregon. <laughs> he ain't had no success since he left Oregon, and he's really crazy. Um, I don't really see why UCLA would fire, to be honest, because their defense has been pretty good. It's just their quarterback play in kind of Nebraska is just terrible. Yep, it's been so, horrible. I mean, I don't know why they fired. All he needs is another quarterback, but, I mean, colleges do stupid stuff all the time, hence the whole 
uh, Jimbo Fisher situation and then paying out all that money for nothing pretty much. Yeah, I got so, you. I got you. Um, they do have that five-star Nante Moore, but he's a he's a true freshman and he hasn't been too good this season. But um, at some point, he'll probably be pretty good. Um, let's go to a lower-tier SEC game, but at least it's an SEC matchup and not – Carter, have you seen the SEC schedule this week? It is ugly. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've kind of glanced at it, but it don't seem like too much of anything to watch in the SEC this week. I mean, I think the best game of the week is actually the Washington Oregon I think so, too. I think so, too. Um, Kentucky at South Carolina this week. It is a night game, I'm pretty sure. And we know that stadium's going to be rocking even if they're four and six and needing two wins for a bowl game. But Kentucky started off 5-0. and They lost four of their last five. Uh, their biggest win is against Florida when Ray Davis had about 250 yards the first half. Um, and they – they do need this win. They can't. They can't lose to South Carolina. They they can't. Yeah, they probably Spencer won't. Rattler gonna go off. He really might. I'm. I think I'm gonna pick South Carolina in this game. I really am. I think a big sleeper receiver in college football is that uh, is it Leggett or Jet? Uh, Leggett. He Leggett. is a beast. He's a beast. Nobody really talks about him. He's a they have a connection out there. For sure. For sure. He's got 1,000 yards. I think the next best receiver from South Carolina has like 200. Yeah, I and mean, then, they, they get a tail kick all the time, but he missed the round. They go on through. For sure. And they had they had, did have Juice Wells go down in, in that Georgia game, and he ain't been back since. So that that does hurt. Uh, but, yeah, I, I have South Carolina winning this game. We're talking about all the wrong things. You ever seen South Carolina play football? Man, have you ever seen Kentucky play offense? Um. South Carolina has the worst offensive line in the country. No, they don't. Have, I mean, it's 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 um, arguable, but I gotta I gotta choose Colorado. Uh, it's pretty, yeah, yeah. pretty close. It's <laughs> it close. is pretty close. Yeah. But I don't. I don't. I don't know. I just don't like Kentucky in this spot. It's just easy to game plan around them. They, they can't yeah. run the ball. They don't have an O line. The they defense is really bad. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Kentucky in overtime. <laughs> <laughs> All that talking. All that talking to win it overtime. I didn't say Kentucky was good at football. They're just slightly better in South Carolina. Hey, Shane Beamer has been mentioned in the Mississippi State job. <laughs> Why the heck would you leave? Interview? Uh uh no what was it, Carter? He pretty much named every, every reason why he should go to the museum and they said, but I'm having you South Carolina. That man like is my, a character. He was like, my best friend goes to Texas A&M, my wife's friend goes to Texas A&M, um, I would love to go to Texas A&M, but I'm a junior doctor in South Carolina. You know, he's from, or not from, but he did a lot of work with Mississippi State. Uh, I don't know if he was actually on the coaching staff or not. I'm going to look that up. But, he kind um, of be off the South Carolina coaching staff. Shoot, he might be, man. They go they go four and eight or so. Well, man. Uh, but I don't think you – I think you'll get next year. I think you'll get next year. But I don't – I mean, there's a big chance they lose to Kentucky and Clemson. There really is. Oh, that's my bad. Did y'all hear that? Nope. Oh, okay, good. 
Yeah, um, he but, was uh, assistant coach at Mississippi State. Yep, I'm looking at that right now. And then his wife is also from Starkville. That's where he met her. Oh, yeah, he's taking I that said, job. I said Chase ain't nobody at Mississippi State. Oh, oh, I got you. I got you. No, um, nah, you're all good. But South Carolina is on a momentum streak right now. Obviously, they barely won the Jacksonville State game, but they put up 47 on Vandy. They need to win these final two to make a bowl game. Um, I don't think they'll win versus Clemson, but I do have them winning this game against Kentucky. You know, uh, them winning by 50 over Vandy really changed my outlook on this program. That's what I was thinking. They're they're really yeah. high on um, Beamer and Rattler after that one. They'll yeah, probably get Rattler another year for that one. That's a good oh, win. Yeah. May have still Beamer. Hey, Lenora Sellers came in last week against Vandy. It looked, looked hey, awesome. That man's He's going to be good next year. He's like uh, Nico at Tennessee. Everybody's backup quarterback so good. Yeah. That's how it always goes. We need to talk about how uh, the NCAA lets Bo Nix play college for 13 years. Or won't, let James Mad- won't let James Madison play a bowl game. How Why stupid is that? With, with Bo Nix, man. Yeah, it's all experience. He's 37. Oh, my God. He's going to go to the league and be better. He's going to go to the league and be older than everybody. College basketball is worse. Bo Nick may go to the to the Saints. I'd take him. Yes, you I mean, would. He ain't better. Derek Carr, but he'd get a job. <laughs> he ain't Derek Carr. I'd take him over Dak. <laughs> they said they said Dak's the best quarterback in the league. I need to I need to be thankful for him. I don't know who they are, but they high as a kite. High as hell. <laughs> um, Illinois is that. Number 16, Iowa this week. Iowa is pretty much locked into the championship game, unfortunately. Um, but John Paddock for Illinois, he's a guy that came in and threw 570 yards and four touchdowns last week. He could shake that shit up real quick. Yeah. <laughs> he's a game changer. He is a game changer. I got Illinois, 48 to 13. Yeah, are you serious? No, but he does. He does. I have Paddock throwing for one ninety-seven and three touchdowns um, against this Iowa defense. Because if Iowa is good at one thing, they're good at some damn defense. But I do have Illinois winning this game, twenty to twelve. I'm going to say Iowa wins, thirteen to seven. Jeez, <laughs> that's probably that's probably more on par. I'll go Iowa, twenty-four to seven. Okay. Okay. Man, that's a t- that's a high. That is a high. All right, let's get into some previews and predictions for the best games of the weekend. Uh, number ten, Louisville travels to Miami. It's eleven a.m. kickoff. Miami is picked by one point in this game. There's a lot of like underdogs records record wise that are picked to win this weekend. I really I really like how they do that. If Louisville wins this game, they are in the ACC championship. If Louisville wins out, including a win next week against Kentucky and Florida State in the ACC Championship, there's a very small but hopeful chance they could be into the college football playoff. That pit loss just holds them back enormously. Yeah. I really think Louisville could beat Florida State, even though it's a way to play. I think they could. You're just not high on Florida State at all. I'm not at all. The best I have is Keon Coleman. Keon Coleman, yep. Um, I'm just not really big on Jordan Chad. He's kind of overrated. I got you. I got you. Um, he's a he's like a fifth year senior. I want to say. Something about Florida. 
Florida State seems like they're in a dogfight every single game. Like they never blow anybody out unless it's like late fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, because Clemson should have beat to be honest. Yeah. Poor um, play calling by Clemson is why they lost to the honest. Yes, you are correct, Carter. Florida State should have lost to Clemson. A defensive a defensive touchdown changed that whole game. The start, yeah. or I think the late third quarter. Changed that whole game. Clemson was driving on them, about to go up two possessions, and they got a scoop and score touchdown. Get this, guys. So Jordan Travis is a redshirt senior. He was born in 2000, so he's 23 years old. He transferred from Louisville to Florida State November 2018. Wow. Jesus. How does that even – so he got the red shirt his freshman season in 2018 and then the COVID year. So yeah, this is so this is sixth year as a college football player. So Jay Shuey is going to ring by him for both names. That is that's insane. Couple, that's a couple of them. K.J. Jefferson. I mean, yeah. Jaden Daniels, but he's going to win a Heisman, so it don't matter. I don't even want to talk about Jaden Daniels because I saw some highlighting him going crazy on my ducks his freshman season. I, it just – I remember his freshman season, him beating your ducks and throwing for 400 yards. I mean, that man. We could have went to the college football playoff over there. I, mean, I got to go watch that game. I don't remember it. Oh, dude, he went crazy. It was like it was him in 707 pretty much. Oh, my gosh. I remember at Virginia Tech. I always liked him. I always thought his, like, he was his, um, State. I mean, Arizona State. What did I say? Virginia Tech. Virginia, what the heck? Why am I thinking Virginia Tech? <laughs> Is that not crazy though? Like, imagine how many other hidden gems are out there like that. Like, they just have to go to a school that uses their talent. Right, man. If he stayed at Arizona State, they don't even know who he is. He wouldn't get drafted, nothing like that. I guess, we talked I about guess him. Um, yeah. LSU is high. The nose for it. They get Joe Burrow. They get James Brown. Who's going to get next to Rex? Nussmeyer. No. Uh, no, for real, I'll say it now, bold take. Um, Arch Manning will be the next LSU quarterback. You know, I like that. You know, like he's that. from, he's yeah, from the from world. Is he yeah. really? I didn't know yeah. that. All the Manning's from Louisiana, and LSU ain't got a single one, one of them. them. One yeah. of them. You know, I think, didn't their dad, like, Peyton Williams' dad, play quarterback for the Saints? Yeah. Archie. Yeah, Archie Manning. But, yeah, Quinn Ewers is coming back next year. Really? Yeah. Was that reported? It's like expected or whatever. I saw okay. like on on three reported it. It was like breaking news. Quinn Ewers is expected to return. You wow, know, that's um, huge. Yeah. Sam Pittman was like KJ wasn't the thoughts were he was going to go to the draft and season, but I don't know where he's going. I think he I comes back. He, I really think he, he comes back. To. He ain't really drafted. I mean, no, I it's, either, he, it's either come back or transfer. I think yeah, I think he comes back to college football, but he don't play for Arkansas. I mean, I Auburn won it play. last week, you know. Auburn won the KJ Bowl last week. <laughs> I think he's probably trying to go play for a Mississippi State and just get that. That's a, that's a good point, but I don't, I don't play Mississippi State. I think – I mean, Arkansas is a better resource than Mississippi State, even though, I mean, it just hasn't looked like it. Let's change the subject. Yeah. I'm getting a little pissed off over here. Um, would an, Jace, would an 8-4 and four record – Make Miami fans happy in Mario Cristobal's second year, if there's any Miami fans. You see some shots of that stadium sometimes, and there ain't 30 people there. 
I mean, it's made him happy every other year. I don't see why this year would be any different. Do what? It's made him happy every other year. I don't see why this year would be any different. Shit, they didn't even get there last year. Most Miami's mediocre thing would, ever. Miami's program would be better if they gave Tate Martell a good chance. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Not Tate Martell. <laughs> they, wasted that, they wasted that man's time. He was, he was mine. But on, on Louisville's side, defense is everything for them. They're top 15 in yards allowed, top 10 in rushing defense, and third in the country in um, red zone defense. But on the other side, Miami is coming off two losses in a row, NC State and Florida State. Well, they put up six points on NC State, then held it close against Florida State for a majority of the ballgame. Tyler Van Dyke will have to play in this game. Um, Emory Williams, the kid that played last year, he's a, I think he's a freshman. And stats-wise, he didn't have a great game, but – on the field, you could tell he had some flash in him. He's most likely out for the year because of an injury in that Florida State game last week. Uh, Van Dyke, sixteen touchdowns, twelve interceptions on the year. Yeah, I don't, I don't see them, I don't see them moving the ball very well against Louisville. If no, you would have, if you would have told me after that A and M game that he's going to finish with around twenty touchdowns and fifteen interceptions, I, that would have shocked me. Yeah, he he balled out against A and M. That's just insane. Um, Miami does have two stud wide receivers, Jacoby George, 707 yards, seven touchdowns. Xavier Restrepo, 683 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, Miami won this game 47-34 to last year, but Jeff Brom wasn't at Louisville yet, his alma mater. And Brom himself has been mentioned in the A&M job, but there's so many people mentioned for that job. Yeah, they'll hire somebody that you're probably not even thinking about. Yeah, that's what I've heard all week. Yep, all your uh, big universities like that—they always hire somebody off the wall like that. You know, John Lindell, he said he's on business. Yeah, that's my boy, man. Oh yeah, y'all go way back, huh? Way back, way back to 2012 when he beat us 58 to 10. I never forget it. Well, he never beat LSU. <laughs> you know how big of an LSU fan I am. I went to sleep last night watching 2010 LSU versus Bama. 2010? Did y'all y'all won that year? We won. That's just, so 2010, 2011 <laughs> is how Jordan Jefferson got screwed out of them saying no one ever beat them back to back because he definitely beat them back to back. Yes, he just didn't start. That was the yeah, whole stupid. stupid of a stat. Um, in this game, I have Miami pulling the upset. I had them beating Louisville 26 to 23. I'm just not very high on Louisville. They've skated by a couple teams. They lost to a very bad Pittsburgh team who we just talked about. Then last week, they barely, barely beat a really bad Virginia team. Speaking of skates, this is way off topic. Did you see that hockey player that freaking drop kicked that dude in the neck? Yes. Killed him. Killed him. Oh, crap. Killed him. Isn't he going to jail for that? Yeah, he's going to manslaughter. How crazy is that, dude? Hockey, you hockey do that? scary as hell. Like, I mean, yeah, you're right, Dave. Why would you drop kick a man? No, you got weight. <laughs> right in the neck. It was like freaking <sighs> AB kicking that punter. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't watch the video or at all. Cause man, I that shit not scar me. It's not graphic. You can't it's even not? tell nothing. No, it's yeah, like they're skating by each other. He lifts his leg up and like side kicks the dude in the neck. While they're both standing straight up. Oh, that's terrible. But, Cam, back to your take on uh, 
Louisville. Well, mine will be Louisville. Yep. Then I can go make sure that things too. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think they're going to win that game. I got you. What's your um? What's your prediction of this one, Carter? Uh, Louisville, thirty-four to twelve. Dang. Damn. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say twenty-seven, twenty-one. All right. Let's go to the Pac-12, a one-thirty ball game. Number twenty-two, Utah travels to number seventeen, Arizona. Arizona's picked by one. Uh, four straight wins for the Wildcats. Three of them over top 20 competition, especially if you want to count the Washington State game where they won 44-6, but Washington State has looked horrible since then. Um, Noah Fafita, 16 touchdowns, four interceptions, 74% completion percentage. Jonah Coleman, their running back, is coming off in a 179-yard game against Colorado where he he only rushed the ball 12 times. Um, McMillan has been Fafita's best target. 860 yards, eight touchdowns. Jacob Cowing also has 534 yards and 10 touchdowns. This Arizona offense has been unstoppable since since the quarterback change. You know what? This also might be the game of the week to me. I mean, it, man, it's up there. It is The Pac-12 is awesome this week. Yeah. This also might be the game of the week because I don't even know who wins the game. I know it, man. That Utah defense, and it's tough to pick. The only reason Arizona is a one point favorite is just because it's at home. Just that, that's it. That's yeah. it. It's tough to pick. I'm gonna say my my college football mindset picks Utah, and they knock Arizona off the high horse. But we're Arizona fans on this podcast, so I'm we are. Arizona. That's the consensus number one team. Like we, like obviously. I'm an Arkansas fan. You're an LSU fan. Carter's an Oregon fan. But the consensus, we are Arizona fans on this podcast. Right. For sure. What did what did you pick, Jason? Arizona, I'm going to say 31-30. Okay, okay. I have Arizona 31-23 in this ballgame. I'm going to go Utah 27-21. Okay. Utah's coming off a, a pretty tough loss to Washington where they controlled the first half of that ball game. But then they couldn't do anything on offense. And, I mean, Washington let them stay in the game, and they still they still couldn't do much to to um, try to tie it and try to try to go into overtime. Um, if they do lose to Arizona this weekend, it would be the first time Kyle Dillingham did not win at least nine games in the regular season since 2017. Man, he, he is an under-the-radar coach. That guy has been Appreciate special it. for Utah. He has been special for them. I mean, he's, he's been my coach. Man, it's, just, it's like he always gets a surprise win. Now, you can say this year his surprise win is USC, but USC hasn't been great. But still, that's a, that's a tough win. And we just have to remember, they don't have their starting quarterback, which is crazy. But Brunson Moore is I'm I'm really a big fan of him. He's really Are you? Okay, okay. A lot of people don't think he's that good, but his his stats on the season are twelve hundred yards. But that's because they've they've kind of been doing a two quarterback system ever since the Florida game. Um, he, Ten touchdowns, seven interceptions. Um, their star or their leading receiver is Devon Vale with four hundred eighty-two yards, and that's not much. But he's coming off in a hundred and forty-five yard game last week against Washington. It's really hard for me. 
It is. Bryson Barnes going to be going even through all. I mean, that's really good. Um, I remember that Florida game, the first the first game of the year, and Florida I think went three and out maybe and kicked them, kicked it, punted it to Utah. Utah's first play was a bomb for a, a touchdown. Bryson Barnes threw like an 80-yard touchdown pass. I was like, damn, what a second stringer. Yeah. For the ball, man. Yep. So, um, so me and Jason have Arizona for this game. Carter has Utah. Um, let's go on to the SEC. This is – I'd say this is the yeah. SEC game of the – oh, go ahead. Got something to say about this game. Okay. This is the SEC game of the week. Um, number <laughs> you picked the upset last week. You can't you can't pick it again. <laughs> hey, I feel it. Tennessee's so inconsistent, and they were so inconsistent that they got their tails whooped last week. Joe Milton, he's coming to Joe Joe momentum right now. Joe momentum. Joe momentum is coming. Number eighteen ranked balls is gonna put the whoop tail. <laughs> Oh, oh man. Um, uh, what was I about to say? Damn, what was I about to say for real? Go ahead, Jay. Joe Minum is going to lose about 30. <laughs> They're coming off a 31-point loss. Hey, that's how inconsistent they are. You're right. They I lose can't. one week, win one, win the next. I can't Joe disagree Momentum with him. He's coming. He's coming, I'm telling you. Joe Milton's going to be set on the bench by the start of the second half. Nico. Nico's playing. It don't matter what who, what quarterback's playing. I feel like Tennessee's good. If Nico – oh, Jace, this is what I was going to say. This is Tennessee's Super Bowl right here. <laughs> but, like, what else is Kirby going to use as a chip this week? Because they're finally ranked number one in the AP poll. They're coming off three big games where they just dominated two of them and overpowered a good Missouri team. Brock Bowers is healthy. They're coming off their best win all season, in my opinion. And, man, this team's just – it's just firing on all cylinders this week. Yeah, I don't see Tennessee doing anything. I really don't either. I really don't either. I know that Tennessee atmosphere is going to be rocking, even though they lost about 30 last week. But, still, that place is going to be awesome. Um, if If Nico plays a majority of the game – Tennessee's winning this ball game. I'm telling you, Cade Manning, Warren Collins, all the stars are going to put them Tennessee Vols and meet them dogs. Oh, man. Dude, I keep forgetting what I'm going to say. Good gosh. Terrible host. Terrible host. Um, last season, this game, if y'all remember, was number one versus number three. And most people picked Tennessee to win this game. And they came out and Georgia just dominated 27 to 13. It was 27 to 6 early in the fourth. Uh, like, Hendon Hooker couldn't do a thing. Jalen Hyatt couldn't do a thing. It was it was ugly. And I was so excited for that ball game, and it just didn't happen. Uh, but I do have Georgia winning this game 37 to 26, and I don't think it's going to be close in the second half. I think 37 26 is too close overall. Yeah, I think that's too close. Nah. I'm going to say Florida 56, Tennessee Florida. 20. Florida, I mean, George, Florida? George, I'm sorry. Florida, 56-20. 50. 56-20? Yeah, Georgia, 56-20. Gosh, almighty. That's an ass whoop. <laughs> I'm going Tennessee. 21, Georgia, 14. Oh, my 
gosh, he picked it. He picked it. 21-14. We got to start holding you accountable to these picks. We do. that. We do have to start making some bets. Um, I want to start doing, like, things, like, when our locks of the week are wrong, we have to do something. This SEC podcast I watch, they do, like, clown makeup, some food challenges, something. Just, like, if their locks are wrong. Yeah. And so far, I'm one and one. So, Same. I would have to do something. Hey, I'm going to get this up there right this week. Okay. My lock of the week's weird this year, but we'll get there. We'll get there later. This year. I mean this week. Good gosh. Damn, we all fucked up. I know it. I know it. It's the beer for me. I think it's the beer for me. Is it the beer for you? I think it's the beer for me, Jace. Yeah. Is it? I think so. I, I still cannot believe that Brock Bowers is playing in this ball game. He got those balls, please. I know it, man. Lad McConkey went down, but I think he is good to go this week. I haven't heard anything saying he's not when I looked it up or anything. So, who, who has a kid that says we need to name this dude Lad McConkey? Well, I, I bet they can't really help their last name, Jace, but Lad. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's, Lad McConkey yeah. is rough as he is. Give him a cool name, not Lad. Yeah. What would is be that, a cool name? Martavius McConkey? Yeah, Artavius and Lad, or like uh, <laughs> better than Lad. I don't know Tyrone or something. <laughs> Tyrone McConkey. Oh, uh, let's get to the ACC game. Number twenty, North Carolina, eight and two, at Clemson, six and four, and Clemson's picked to win by seven. <laughs> yeah, Clemson is rolling at the right time. Yep, yep. By stock, by stock in it. By stock. A couple weeks ago, this looked like the biggest game of the past five years for North Carolina because their schedule was pretty lackluster. They were sitting at, I want to say, 7-0, and maybe 6-0. and Then they lost to Virginia and Georgia Tech back-to-back weeks, knocked them out of playoff contention and pretty much knocked them out of the ACC contention. And now I believe this game means more for Clemson even than it does to North Carolina. Sure. Just uh, for Clemson. For pride, yes. I mean, Clemson's hot, man. They're coming off two straight games against Notre Dame where they held control of Notre Dame for the most part. And then Georgia Tech, where they just blew out Georgia Tech. They probably had their best offensive day against Georgia Tech last week. Cade Klubnick threw for four touchdowns. He's got 18 touchdowns, seven interceptions on the season. Uh, Phil Moffa and Will Shipley have been one of the two-headed, two best running backs, two best combo running backs on a team this this whole season. They have over 1,300 yards and 12 touchdowns combined. Um, now, wouldn't it be crazy if next year, we talked about it earlier, but Dabo is in A&M, Carter. God will win. Going to A&M. <laughs> going to A&M. Going to A&M. Then Jim O'Fisher in his senior A&M. Whoa, what a bold statement. Yeah, but I mean, he's got to go to the NIL. And until he does, he's going to have Subpar seasons. Now, I got to agree with you. Got- All right, Jace, before you get off here, if money, time, or place was not an issue, where would you be at this Saturday? Knoxville. It's going to be rocking. Okay. Okay. Carter, what about you? Definitely Knoxville because I'm ball. I'm good. <laughs> yep, you are picking the upset. They're going to rip the um, They're gonna rip the field goal post down this year? Oh, yeah, for sure. Man. The orange light glowing. Dude, imagine y'all, 
y'all are missing the game of the week. It's going to be in Corvallis, Oregon, where Oregon State is going to take down Washington, and it's going to be a beautiful scene in in Corvallis. Oh, what team? What team are y'all most excited to watch? Well, that's a good question. Okay, you you high on them? I don't know why you high on them, but you're high on them. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's an inconsistency. Okay, okay. My most excited to watch probably Oregon State. Okay, that's um. Yeah. I could have picked Oregon State for every one of these questions. I really could have. Um, yeah. For me, it's Arizona. I'm wanting to see Noah Fafita and that offense against the Utah defense, and I'm I'm pretty excited about that one. What player are y'all most excited to watch? Uh, Luther Burden. Luther Burden against Florida. Yep. I got you. I got you. SEC game. He's had a slow last couple games, so yeah, and he can he can get off some yards against that yeah, Florida yeah. secondary for sure. Trader had his game last week. It's Burden's time this week. Okay. For sure. Who you got, Carl? I would have, I have to go with DJ uh, at Oregon State uh, because he had a rough season last season. And this is probably the biggest game of the year. So, if he ends up coming out this morning against Washington, that's going to heavily improve the game. You stole mine. Yep, you stole mine, brother. You stole mine. I will go same team. I'll go Damian Martinez, that running back for the running back for Oregon State. He has been phenomenal this season. Um, so super excited to watch him, especially against a really bad Washington. Not really bad, but a bad Washington defense. What team has the most approved this weekend? I'm going to say Oregon State again. Okay. I have to agree Oregon State because if they win this game, it shows their Man, yes, it does. So. They end up being Washington. That would be a pretty big deal, especially for a committee on rankings and everything. For sure, for sure. Since I said I could say Oregon State for every question, I'm going to go different than y'all. I'm going to go North Carolina. I think if North Carolina beats Clemson, it's going to look like they're not like every other year North Carolina where they start off undefeated and just fall out at the end. I still I still think this is a good North Carolina team, and so I think they have a lot to prove this weekend. Um, Jace, before you go, who have been some of your favorite players to watch this season? So, like, my favorite, not who I think is the best. Yeah, right? exactly. Just to watch. Yep. All right. Call me Homer, whatever. Jane Daniels is number one. God, <laughs> yeah, right. Who would like to watch that guy play football? Stupid. <laughs> number two, Malik Neighbors. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, like those aren't the two best position oh, players. Yeah. Anyways, oh, it, gets it, gets, it gets better. It gets better. Ollie Gordon's number three. Four, Brian Thomas. No. Five, Harold Perkins. All right, you, six, you're gonna... six, Mason Smith. <laughs> seven, uh, <laughs> seven shut Brian up. Kelly. Shut up, Thrash. Let me finish my list. Three, Ollie Gordon. Four, Jalen Milrow. And five and Michael Penix. Okay, okay. I don't, I don't disagree with it. Carter, give me some of yours. Number one. Oh, sorry, guys. Uh, Shadur Sanders. Okay. Uh, two, Jaden Daniels. Uh, 
Big Jalen Milrain. Four, Malik Neighbors. Okay, okay. Let me just say, how is that a homer pick that I put those two in mind and Carter had them in his top five too? It's, it's just funny you started off with those two. <laughs> they're, my, they're the best players to watch for me. Exactly. Question. Don't ask me stupid questions. Of course, of course they oh, oh, my God. Exactly. All right, All right I'll, tell you, I'll tell you some of mine. Number one, Jaden Daniels. <laughs> number number two, Noah Fafida. Three, Michael Penix. Four, Malik Neighbors. And five, Ollie Gordon. No, no KJ Jeffrey. Hell no. no as bad I'm as I hate to say it. No, as bad as I hate to say it. Now, if you want no, to say no. last week, who was my little. favorite player? Cam Little. Cam Little's the star. <laughs> the star of that Razorback football team. All right, Jace, go ahead and get off here, but I know you had I know you had a long day. All right, I'll see y'all. Okay, buddy. Go tiger. Damn. Oh, man. He don't know how to use that mic, Carter. Well I'm doing on the floor. <laughs> um I know it's late, man. Do you do you have some time? Oh uh, yeah. Okay, you just tell me when it gets too late, because I'm I'm obviously off work, so man, just, I got all the time in the world. Um, so I'll start off with some questions I asked Jace to begin the podcast. The playoff scenarios, um, you know the first eight teams, and I've already I've already told them to the audience and stuff. Out of those eight teams, who does not control their own destiny? As of right now? As of right now, yeah. If they win out, who still has the most to worry about out of those top eight teams? You think so? Okay, that's not a bad one. Well, no, no, no. Texas. Texas. So that... If Bama wins out, that's going to be Georgia. Yes. So, in a sense, they do control the destiny. And if Oregon wins out, that means they do worse. Yep. And, so, um. Well, actually, I would have to say for Texas or uh, FSU. Okay. Okay. That's, that's where I disagree with you. I think Florida State's undefeated. They get in. If they went out, I think they get in no matter what scenario comes up. I really do. I worry the most yeah. about Texas. Yeah. Texas because it's the one loss, and then the Big 12 championship is more than likely it should be Oklahoma State. So even if they beat Oklahoma State, it's kind of like, maybe yes. Oklahoma State. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. I think – Texas has the most to worry about, especially if Alabama beats Georgia. I think if Alabama – If yep. Alabama beats Georgia, they're, they're getting into that fourth spot. Yes, they are. If Alabama goes under or wins out, beats Georgia, they are get, the SEC champion is getting into the college football playoff if it's Georgia or Alabama, for sure. Both Because I, I still think even if Georgia loses that, Really? You think so? Yeah, because I mean, how I'm looking at it, if Georgia loses to Alabama, Alabama is still better than Ohio State and Michigan and FSU. Yeah, but the committee doesn't think, or they can't think that because of Alabama's one loss. They can't. They can't do it. Yeah, I mean, they can't think that. But if we're talking pure football, we I'm there for I got you. I got you. Um, so, so right now, I think, um, I think Georgia will go. Obviously, we'll have an undefeated Ohio State or Michigan because 
they're not losing in that Big Ten championship game, no matter who it is. Um, Florida State, I think, wins out because it's because it's weaker. Uh, I know they have a tough test against uh, Florida next week, and then most likely Louisville, and then it's that Washington Oregon game, man. And I, I think whoever wins that is getting in. No, there. That could be this could be a game because even honestly, that Washington Oregon game, that game is really clear. Okay, where is the Whoever loses the game, you get it. Yes, like, yes. It's playoffs or some bowling and nobody cares because yep. they they want to play. And I think then, even if Oregon wins that game, they will get over a um a Big Twelve twelve and one champ Texas. I think a twelve and one Pac twelve champ will get over Texas. Yeah, because the strength of schedule in the Pac twelve is way harder than the Big Twelve for sure. Yep. Um, and Oregon is just the last last year in the Pac-12. Bowl and be no better way than to finish it off with Oregon in the Pac-12. Man, for sure, for sure. And you know who could mess up all of that? Oregon State. Oregon, Oregon. State. They have Oregon. so they have Washington this week. We've already talked about it. If they beat Washington, this is a tall task. If they beat Washington. Next week, they beat Oregon. They are most likely in the Pac-12 championship against Washington. If if they beat Washington again, man, I asked Jace that, and I don't, I, that was my question. Should the committee be looking at Oregon State a lot more carefully after that happens? Absolutely. If they beat Oregon and yep, top, top 16, top 5 team, mm-hmm. and then top 5 team again. And then go back to the Pac-12 championship and then Washington again. Again. They're going to make sure they belong in the basketball playoffs. I think I think they would belong, but I don't think I don't think they would make it because of those two what's losses. Their, what's their? Oh, they have two losses. They have two losses. Yes, they have oh, Washington. Wa- see, Washington State beat them in early September or late or late September, and then they lost to Arizona two weeks ago. Yeah, the committee's two losses. I don't. I don't think so either. I think that's what hurts them, and I hate that because, like, imagine this twelve-team playoff this year, man. See, and that's why I think the format should have been more than this. Okay. That uh, that make what? The playoffs. I just was top four, and then top next four. year, next year it'll move to top twelve. See that. It should have been top 12. I don't know. The, the BCS, the two teams, was stupid. And then the four is, man, just why not go from two to eight instead of two to four? But we get 12 next yeah. year. Yeah. Eight would have been better, but I mean, I guess I might not be too, too good. Exactly. Exactly. Man, I can't wait for that. I really can't wait for that. <laughs> uh, so let's. Well, it's going to be a while. Dude, it is. Because that. That gives Arkansas Wait. a chance because we weren't making it in the top four ever. But top twelve, we could finish top twelve sometime. Be once every twenty years, but we could do it. Every Damn. Damn, we will be sixty years old. Oh man, man. don't say I that. Don't kids, say that. Our kids will be playing at Pauline College, Arkansas, something like that. Before that happens, don't say it's that, take, Carter. It's going to take a take a little part of the building journey to get in there. 
2010, 2011 were in there, Carter. We're in there. Yeah, that decade ago. I think we can do it. I think we can do it. Let's get to some preview games. Um, let's get back into that North Carolina Clemson game. Drake May, I know the hype around him is much more than he's actually done, but he's had a really good season. Three, 3,145 yards, 21 touchdowns, six interceptions. And while he's doing all that, they had the number one leading rusher in the country in Omarion Hampton. He's got 1,236 yards and 13 touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, UNC, they're really, really good. But I don't think Drake made it through. I got you. I got you. That makes sense. Um, Drake May, I feel like he is, he's that quarterback that got a far to him. And he has, he has no idea what to do. He's not right. He's just there. It's what it looks like. Okay, okay, man. Um, UNC is coming off a 47-45 to win against Duke last week. I mean, this team was down three with 40 seconds left and came back, forced overtime, won it. They could very well be sitting at seven and three right now in this game. This could be another like another season where they just um, lose it all at the end. But I think, I think they get back. I think they should get back on track, and I think this is a huge game for them. But I think Clemson is going to do it. I think Clemson wins 34-27, to 27, and I believe it's going to be close the whole game. And I thought beginning of the season, this game would mean so much more. I would have no idea that one of these teams would be 6-4, and four, and especially that team be Clemson. When you think about Clemson, you just always feel like they're going to be like within the top 20 at least. Yep. Like on, on a down year, they're top 20. On a down year, yep. Not, not 6 and 4. It's crazy. It is really crazy. But man, maybe the maybe the um, athletes are bought in. The team's bought in after these two wins in a row, and maybe they can keep it going. Um, I do have Clemson the, winning the this biggest, game. The thing was they didn't get a quarterback stick with one quarterback and not four quarterback for having one bad game. I got gotcha. you. With Dabble, he he did the same thing with Trevor Lawrence and most other guys with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, with Trevor Lawrence, I'm not positive. Uh, I remember thing. Kelly Bryant. Is it a black guy? Yeah. yeah. Remember Kelly Bryant. Bryant. Yep. Yeah, well, see, that worked for that one. Trevor Lawrence was obviously better than Kelly. Yes. But he tried to do the same thing with Kelly Clubman and DJ, and it didn't work in his, his favor. So You're I right. think he needs to continue to groom Kelly Clubman because I don't think he's going to end right after the season. He needs to stick with him, or he needs to find him uh, a good quarterback and, and just let him do his thing and try to lead the team. So, you know, anytime a best opponent is at the game, you know, just pull him. Because he, I think he pulled DJ last season when they were undefeated. I, be, I believe so. I believe so. Because, yeah, he in that Syracuse game, that changed everything. Yep, yeah, he put. Yeah, undefeated one. Yeah, that, you put club in the game. Yep, you're right. I mean, just because a quarterback is not going to the standards you think he should, like a team's five and one, six and zero, one two, whatever it may be, to a quarterback because that's meant for the whole floor of the offense. I got the whole you. Whole team, really. Yep, I agree with you. Uh, that team went on to lose to Notre Dame, then South Carolina when South Carolina got Michigan signs, and then uh, Tennessee. 
Tennessee beat them in the bowl game. That's when I thought Joe Milton was ridiculous. He was launching it, man, but it hasn't happened for Joe Milton this year, really. Just watch this way to the Georgia game. Wait till this weekend. Wait till this weekend. I got you. Oh, yeah. um, Battle of the Kansas teams. Number 21, Kansas State, plays number 25, Kansas. Six o'clock game. Both these teams are seven and three. Looking for um, – oh, I did – I skipped a Pac-12 game. We'll, we'll go back and we'll go back and preview it. Um, Kansas State is picked by seven and a half. Kansas coming off an ugly loss where they were down 13 to nothing going into the fourth quarter against a bad Texas Tech game. Jason Bean does look ready to go, though. He was hurt that first quarter of that game. Get this, Carter. Kansas is seeking their first eight-plus win regular season since 2008 if they, if they win. And if they win out, which means they're 9-3, and three, it'll be their first nine-win season since they were number two in the AP poll in 2007 and went 12-1 in the craziest college football year ever. So much for for big time basketball school. Huh? <laughs> big time basketball school. That's sixteen years ago, man. Sixteen years of them not having a nine win season. Lance Leipold is that team clicking, man? I mean, too. You, you honestly, you don't. If you're a basketball coach, you don't say, "Okay, I'm going to football." I mean, yeah, that you're right. You're right. Jalen Daniels, that that quarterback who played. He played, I want to say, five games. He's had a lot of injury problems. Jalen yeah. Daniels, he played five games last year before getting hurt in that TCU game. And Jason Bean came in last year. So he's had some injury problems. Jason Bean's played most of the season this year. He will most likely be back next year. Uh, so Kansas will probably be good again next year. Uh, Devin yeah. Neal has been one of the best running backs in the country for Kansas. 965 yards, 10 touchdowns. And what Leipold has done to this program is just, it's just awesome. It really is. He's also been mentioned in the A&M job. I think everybody in the country is mentioned in A&M job. You are correct. (laughs) We might be mentioned. (laughs) You are correct, man. On the other side, Kansas State coming off a huge game against Baylor, 59 to 25. Will Howard's having a good season. DJ Giddens is having a really good season for them on the ground. And Chris Kleiman, their head football coach, seeking eight plus wins in four straight seasons, not counting the COVID year. You know, Kansas State—they've always been pretty decent in football. They really have, man. They really have. Like between the two schools, they've been decent. Like right, you know, top top ten, top fifteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're not a team that you go up against. For sure. Um, Kansas State won this game 47 to 27 last year. I have Kansas State winning 30 to 21 against Kansas this year. I'll go Kansas State. Kansas State 40-24. Okay, okay. So you think Kansas State's going to be in control of it? I got you. Um, that Texas game with Kansas State. That that could have been so much for Kansas State. If they would have pulled that game out, they'd be eight and two. They would have one loss in conference play, and that would be Oklahoma State. And they would be in prime position for the Big Twelve Championship game, but they just they couldn't pull it out in overtime. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're probably right. That fourth down, 
that fourth down play um, that Chris Kleiman made Kansas State do when they were it was in overtime. They could have kicked a field goal to tie it and go to another overtime, but they they went for it. I just I know he has to regret that so much. Um, yep. Let's circle back to that Pac-12 game I missed. Two thirty kickoff. UCLA at USC. USC's picked by six points. Both of these teams are needing a win here. Uh, UCLA is coming off a really bad loss to Arizona State. They then lost to Arizona twenty-seven to ten the week before. So. This team can't do shit against Arizona teams. Um, a lot going on with the university as far as Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly's, uh, like we mentioned before, is most likely gone after this ball game. They have struggled on offense most of the year. Defense has been very good. They have a really good running back room with Carson Steele and TJ Harden uh, combining for 1,300 yards and 11 touchdowns. But they have not named a starting quarterback for Saturday. You know, I don't even think it even matters who starts. They're they're really not too good. Nope. But so working their favor, usually defense. Absolutely, that's the thing. I really think this game may be a shootout. Believe it or not, because I think that any quarterback can step in and feel the usually defense and put up some numbers. I think oh, if – go ahead. I think I'm going to go UCLA, USC. Okay, okay, that is a shootout. That's, that's close to my score, but not um, not in the same um, – not exactly the close. So, I think this is the best game to put Dante Moore in, unless, he, unless he's hurt. I think he does have some injury problems so far this year, but he's their five-star. He's their future of that program especially when they move to the, to the Big Ten next year. Um, and against that USC defense, man, it's it's better than practice. It's better than going against the scout team, you know. Yeah. And USC is coming off two straight losses against very good teams, I might I might ha- uh, have to add. But they got dominated last week against your Oregon Ducks, 36-14 to 14 in the fourth quarter until they made it close on the scoreboard. But it, it was not close. Um, I don't think anybody predicted USC only winning – um, seven or eight games this season. It's it's crazy. It really is crazy. The biggest thing with USC was all they did was surround Caleb Williams with a lot of offensive talent because they have a plethora of offensive talent. Oh my gosh, but the weapons are insane. I mean, like if Taylor Pitt would have happened, away. but their defense they did recruit well. The yes, I mean they got Bear. Uh, I think Bear Williams is my name. Yep, yep. Um, have one, but when you look at the defense, the defense right now, who we get? Man, it, it, is, it is crazy. So, last year, USC won this game 48-45. to So, your shootout, I mean, last year would be, would be correct, but that UCLA team had Dorian Thompson-Robinson, and that was an awesome game last year. Um, yeah, sure. And this game, I'm going to say it's UC, USC – 38 points, and that's a lot against this UCLA defense. This UCLA defense is good, but I think this USC USC offense is better. So I think they're going to put up 38 points, but I believe this UCLA offense is bad, but against this USC defense is horrible. So they're they're going to put up 27 points. So it's going to be 38 to 27 USC. Yeah, but their offense is going to be awesome. 
Because <laughs> Arizona, I mean, um, UCLA's offense, scoring 27 is a good day for them. And, oh, man. And then on the other side, USC scoring 38 is not really a good day. So I got to put it somewhere in the middle right there. Yeah. Let's I mean, talk about it. Williams, yep. he's going to do what he do, but it's still, it's always been up to the defense because honestly, if you, if you, if you put, if you get Caleb Williams, UCLA's defense, then for a long time. Yep. Well, that's one loss. That's my best one. <laughs> that's true man Oregon Oregon is good this year good gosh let's um, let's talk about their rival their arch rival game of the week in college football in my opinion number 5 Washington travels to number 11 Oregon State for a 630 kickoff a night game it's supposed to be windy it's supposed to be 40 degrees and Oregon State is picked by 2.5 points I'm telling you and you better they got that or the whoever the people in Vegas they got that line right. Oregon State is gonna win this game because this is their type of game. You're right. You're right. I and agree with you. That, Washington, their run game is not that great. They rely heavily on Kenneth Jr. and his own and BVA doing his thing on outside and receiver. But if you look at games where it has begins to start raining with Washington. Kenny Jr. hit his percentage. Yeah, but that's with any quarterback. But he's not as effective in any with any uh inclement weather. He doesn't do well. So I think I really do think Oregon State gets the upset, uh, because they have kind of offense that that can weather uh can put their weather and Daniel Martinez, I mean, he's no flutter. Yep, yep. Like like you said, I do agree with you. I think Oregon State does pull this upset off. This will shake the whole college football world right here. Oregon State thirty four to thirty in this ball game. The rainy weather does help Oregon State so much because they do have the better run game and they're yep. used to playing in the rain. I mean, but Washington is too because man, it just rains in the north in the northwest. It really does. It just rains so much up there. But Damien Martinez is the better back, and they do have the better run game. But Dylan Johnson, the Mississippi State transfer, has been really good for Washington. I mean, he yeah. ran all over that USC defense. He did a he had a good game against Utah last week. Yeah. But I, did, I um, forgot about him. He he is actually a good running back. Don't he, yeah. Washington does have a good running game, but I do think it's uh, it, it's a bit overrated in the sense because I, mean, I can have a good running game against Colorado. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Oregon State does have the better run defense, in my opinion. They have the better defense overall. The Washington defense isn't great, but it's mm-hmm. good enough for that offense to come in and save them, really. Yeah, I mean, Oregon State, they, they play so under control. Like they, if you look at all the games, even in a loss, they never look that right in any, in any game. And I think this big time game will be too – it won't be too much. The stage won't be too big. Okay. Okay. I think these days he really he shows that he can get done. I got you. I got. Let's talk about DJ for a second. Two thousand two hundred and fifty-four yards, twenty touchdowns, four interceptions, and Clemson gave up on that man. That man is going smart on the radar this whole season. Nobody's really talking about him. He is an Oregon State. He's keeping quiet. He's not in media, and he's really 
one quarterback in college football. You're right. These and next two weeks mean so much for Oregon State. They mean so much for them. Honestly, that most really needs to be fired. Oh, now they, you know they ain't going to fire him. The man brought two national but, titles to them. He's living off the son of Watson and Hunter Renfro right now. And Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, yep. DJ, DJ could have been well. I guarantee if DJ was on that team right now and he actually believed in them, they wouldn't be 6 and 4. Yeah. Or 6 and 3. I agree One with you. Two. Yeah, 6 and 4. Yep. Six I agree four. with you. So, Carter, Oregon State is seeking nine regular season wins in back to back seasons and 10 regular season wins. Now, this 10 regular season wins would have to mean they beat Washington and Oregon in back-to-back weeks. Probably the toughest two games you can imagine on a schedule this year for any team. But if they do it, it'd be their first 10 regular season win season for the first time since 2000. It's 23 years ago. I'm going to tell you what. Nothing makes me more nervous than the Oregon versus Oregon State. I got, you know, they won last year, and y'all were, y'all were up big. Oregon was up big. Yeah, we we always it's those games like that, Oregon State game or Utah. We we come up short in games that we don't need to come up short. It's that rivalry game. Yep. It's, it's very annoying and those type of games that Oregon State don't want to look the score because they don't want to do. It's too much. <laughs> 2019, this is our track record against Oregon State. 2019, we win 2014. 2020, we lose 38-41. 2021, we win 38-29. 2022, we lost 34-38. So I guess this year is actually going to win. You're right. You're right. It's every every other year for y'all. So, Carter, my God. Washington's coming off a really good win against Utah, where that defense really, really showed me something that second half. And I know the Washington defense isn't great, but they did not let that Utah offense score again whenever they put up 28 in the first half. So that that really impressed me. If Washington wins out, obviously they're 100% in the college football playoff. If they go 13-0, they're 100% in. They would be in the college football playoff for the first time since 2016. You remember that team with Jake Browning? Um, let me show you some other players that were on that 2016 Washington team. But you remember that team, right? Yeah, I do. So, John Ross is on that team. Vita Vea was on that team. And guess who else is on that team? I had no idea this guy was on that team. Buddha Baker. Buddha Baker was on that Washington team. I had no idea he was on that team. You know, man, he was balling when Tom Brady was there at the Tampa I know. That's, that's the only place I ever remember him from is Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. But John Ross, I remember how fast that kid was at Cincinnati. No, that man was so fast. Gosh, he was so fast. Um, another fun fact, Carter. Jonathan Smith, he's Oregon State's head coach now. I don't know how long he's been there, but I know he has these past two years. He was, you, know, you won't believe this, 2016 Washington, he was their offensive coordinator. How crazy is that? So this is a huge game for him. For a huge game yeah. for him and this program. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. That makes that makes it even better. Washington definitely won this game. Washington is. I mean, Oregon State. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Oregon State really does. I think this is this is one of the most exciting games 
left on the regular season schedule, in my opinion. Oh, this yes, is up there. Do. This is up there. Um, well, I was about to say something else. I've been doing that a lot tonight. So, oh, as far as Oregon State, with the Pac-12 moving and just this this banding, Oregon State is kind of up in the air. They're one of the independent schools right now. So, I don't really know what they do, and that kind of scares me. This is a top 10 team, in my opinion. I know they're number 11 right now, but they are a top 10 team, in my opinion. And it kind of scares me where they go for the future, but we'll just have to see that on another day. Yeah. Um, Oregon State, I do feel like if they need Washington, the committee at least has to put them. Yep, they'll have to jump. That makes that Oregon-Oregon State game a top, at least top eight game. So. Man, it's, game day has to go to has to go there has to go. I don't I don't even know the games next week really, um, but I'll let's move let's move on. Let's go to SEC. We don't have to spend much time on this game. I don't think this game is going to be particularly close, but I had to mention it because most years it would be close. But Missouri is a different animal this year. Florida five and five at number nine Missouri. Florida's five and five. They need a, a win in one of the last two games. And it's either Missouri or Florida State. So two top ten teams. One of them they got to beat <laughs> to go to the to go Florida to a bowl State game. Okay, okay. I have that. Um, I'll I'll ask you one more question before we end this podcast later on. But that's a big game in my in one of those questions. So Missouri is picked by eleven and a half points in this game. It is a night game at Mizzou. They have not had a night game since week two. Where they beat Middle Tennessee State twenty three to nineteen, and where I thought totally different Missouri back then. Yeah. Oh, Cody Strader. Yep. Florida. Yep. Cody Strader looks like old Jackson back then. <laughs> oh man, he's gonna have a day. I think he's gonna have another day. Probably not two hundred rushing and one hundred receiving, but I think he'll have a day. No, he, he may not have uh, one hundred receiving, but he. I'm gonna give him. 150 and two tutties. <laughs> that's, that's a hell of a day. So, Carter, Drinkwitz um, is 1-2 and two against Florida since becoming Missouri's head coach in 2020. Billy Napier won this matchup 24-17 to 17 last year. Billy Napier has to get one of these wins. They have to go to a bowl game. Like, his, his job's not on the line this year, in my opinion, because they have an wow. amazing, a supposedly amazing recruit, recruiting class coming in mm-hmm. for 2024. But man, not going to a bowl game when you were five and two, and finishing five and seven—that—that's a rough look for Napier. Oh yeah, that's, that's terrible. But the thing of it is, his crutch is that his quarterback is Mertz. Yep, Mertz has been phenomenal. What? He's a, he's been a lot better than I expected. I'll say that. Twenty-seven hundred yards, eighteen touchdowns, two interceptions. It's he's not the problem. He's not the problem. Now that that is kind of glaring to me. He only has two interceptions on the season. Yep, two interceptions. See, he has not been the problem. Two interceptions. I guess the defense would probably say it's not. He's not turning over Mm-mm. at all. I I think it is the defense. I mean, I mean, you saw the day Jaden Daniels had on him Saturday. You saw the day KJ Jefferson in Arkansas had on him when Arkansas was switching offensive coordinators. Man, you saw yeah, the day. Georgia beat them forty-three to twenty, and you you also saw the day that South Carolina put up thirty-nine points, and Florida barely escaped out of there. So it's it's that defense. That defense has been horrible. Yeah, we were ready to put Arkansas in both of uh, contention. <laughs> I know I was. I know I was. 
Golly. I'm about to be sniffing a bowl now. God. Boys, Auburn said, hold my beer. <laughs> God, they beat. Oh, man, I can't talk about Arkansas on the board of this podcast. They beat the hell out of us, Carter. Good gosh. So, for this game, also, I want to talk about Florida's running back room because it has been really good. That's the, that's the thing. Florida's offense has been really good this season. Um, Trevor Etienne, Montreal Johnson combined for 1,200 yards and 11 touchdowns. And you could argue that ETN's not getting the amount of touches he should be getting. I mean, no, his brother his brother goes on Twitter every week to say, give the ball to Trevor. Trevor, Trevor ETN is really what they call a game. And Billy Neighbors not I don't think he is either. Pearsall, um, 876 yards, four touchdowns. Pearsall is a dude. He really is. Uh, really Pearsall. That man, he's that guy. Yep. He is that guy. Yeah, I hope my Niners draft them. I don't need any more weapons. Yeah, I don't need any more weapons. So, with all that being said about how good this offense is, Carter, I think Missouri gets it done. 31-17, to 17, it's a night game at home. That place is going to be ecstatic. 31-17, oh, to 17, Missouri. I probably may go a little bit higher. I may go 45-60. Okay, okay, so you got a blowout. I mean, I kind of do, too, yep. in a sense. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um... Going back to that Washington Oregon State game, what was your final score on that, Carter? Washington Oregon State. Um, I got Oregon State winning uh, 21-14. Kind of defensive game, actually. Okay. Okay. Uh, because I don't think I think Michael Finney Jr. may have one of his most inefficient games this 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 week. Uh, I don't think, and if it's, if it's not inefficient, I think his numbers won't be. You know, video game-ish. Yeah. I got you. But I do think Oregon State. Okay, so you got a defensive battle. I got it 34-30, to Oregon State. I think it'll be a little high scoring, but um, when it comes down to it, it'll be a defensive battle. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, last game we're going to predict, and then I got a few questions for you, not too many at all. Uh, Number seven, Texas, nine and one, Texas. At Iowa State, six and four. Iowa State somehow still in Big Twelve championship um, um, dreams and hopes and everything, but they need a lot to happen. So I don't expect them to be in there at all. Texas is picked by seven and a half points, and this is a night game as well. If Texas wins out, they are most likely in the college football playoff. But I mean, you never know. We talked about it earlier; they could be one of the teams that don't control their own destiny. If Texas wins one of the next two. They are a hundred percent in the Big Twelve championship. So, I know most Texas fans want more than that, but it, you, I mean, you made it to the Big Twelve championship about ninety percent right now. Oh yeah, um, I do think that Texas wins this game. I think the viewers kind kind of have a controlling uh, performance, and uh, maybe right three hundred. I think I think they really blow out Iowa State. Okay. They, if you really look at what Texas has been doing, they haven't really had just a real good game. Like when they put it all together, so. you're right. You're right. I 100 percent agree with that, and that's the reason why I think in like if Texas would have been dominant ever, even even after the Oklahoma loss, even they yeah. would have. Blown out, blown out Kansas State. Where I know they were up twenty in that game. 
they blew out uh, Houston where they were up 21 in that game and Houston came back. If they would have blew out last week TCU where they were up 20 in that game. If they just stayed those scores and then let them back into that game, the committee would be totally different on Texas. But because yeah, it comes down to it, it's different for them. They, they can't maintain any of their wins. It's like, oh, well, they won, but it wasn't, it wasn't just a big win for them. And, and you know, like those, the top teams in the college football playoffs, they have those wins like Georgia bringing on this, where they didn't blow them out. Yep. Or the Washington wins, or Florida State. I mean, Florida State's one of those teams. They don't have any big wins either. Uh, so, Texas is one of those teams like, good morning. I know it. I know it. And that's what, that's why Texas fans should be scared these next three weeks. But, I mean, if they do the exact thing we're talking about, if they blow out a good Iowa State team in a really good, in a really bad spot for Texas, if they blow them out, and if they blow out Texas Tech next week, they get to the Big 12 championship, they blow out Oklahoma State, there's probably no question they're in. But, yeah, yeah, for sure. But, I mean, if they, yeah, yeah, yeah. They they could you know and still do they still get in? I mean, I, I mean it's still it's still tough. It's still on the edge for them. And I'd, cause I I think if the committee had to choose Bama or Texas because I think that's what it's gonna come down to. I think it's gonna come down to who is it, Bama or Texas? Well, Bama beat Georgia, but Texas beat Alabama. But I know it. I know Georgia. it. I know it. It's it's tough, man. It's tough. I don't know how they're gonna do that. And I understand both sides. I really do. As a Texas fan, I would be mad as hell if they chose Alabama over us, knowing that we went into Tuscaloosa and beat them by two possessions. I would that would yeah. kill me. But I understand Alabama beat Georgia, the best team in the past three years, and it's 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 rough. Think of this. I mean, I get Georgia is undefeated, so I think, but they have weaknesses. And they I do. Think, I think Saban could pull it off. So and that too. would be a, another signature saving win for sure. Yep. As much as I would love to be on the college football playoff committee, um, committee for the rest of my life, if that was my job, that would be an awesome job. I would hate to have to choose that fourth spot between Alabama and Texas. I would hate oh, yeah, that. For sure. <laughs> for sure. That would be tough. Now, back to this Texas-Iowa State game. Ewers is back. That is awesome for Texas. They're coming off a TCU win where it was closer than it should have been. Jonathan Brooks, their star running back, is out for the year with the ACL injury. C.J. Baxter will take up a majority of the running back reps. With a win, Carter, Texas would be seeking its first 10-win season since 2009 when they went 13-0 with Colt McCoy and lost to Mark Ingram in Alabama in the national championship. Oh, Colt McCoy. Oh, Colt McCoy. He, that was that was back in those when those quarterbacks were going to the NFL. Like he had Colt McCoy, uh, AJ McCarron, AJ McCarron. Yep. Those those quarterbacks were they were good in college, but the NFL you don't know again. So, yes, yeah, you're right. I mean, for Texas to do something like that, and it's been that long. It means it's been, been that long. It's been that long. That's why Texas but, is back. Like the the slogan "Texas is back" means that much because it's been that long for them. But but I guess Texas hasn't had an elite quarterback play in that long too. I mean, you got to think Sam Ellinger was. I mean, you could say he's pretty good. I don't know about elite. Um, in that span, what are some more? Um, 
mean, exactly. Sam I'm Ellinger. blanking. I'm blanking. Seriously. And he, and he was he was really modern day Tim Tebow, to be honest. I mean, yeah, in a way, in a way, play styles and stuff. Yeah, but I mean, he. I mean, obviously, he didn't have success. Tim Tebow did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as like play style, then and so I guarantee we can't, we can't tell him. We can't tell what team he's on right now. That's what I can't name team he is on. Who is it? He's with the Colts. Okay, okay. Who is the coach That's- quarterback right now? It was Anthony Richardson. I knew he got hurt. Yeah, I don't know their second stringer. Is it um? What's his name? Is Washington State guy? It's not uh. What's his, it's, it's not. Sam, it's Sam Ellinger right now. Okay, okay. I thought. Oh, it was Gardner Minshew there. That's yep. That's who I. That's who I thought it was. Yep. <laughs> the Gardner Minshew has a job. He, he is a third string quarterback for a coach. That's very Tim Tebow-esque. <laughs> You're getting to broadcast the next, probably. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, Carter, Iowa State beat BYU 45-13 to last week. So, coming off a really good game. This is a huge spot for Iowa State. Iowa State has won three of the last four against Texas. Three of the last four. And guess what? They're going to win four of the last five. Iowa State wins 30-27 to in overtime. I have them upsetting Texas. Yep, I think that spot's going to be tough. 7 o'clock night game in Ames, Iowa. Texas is going to fall to Iowa State. Rocco Rocco Beck's going to put the whoop-ass on uh, Quinn Ewers. You know, I want to do it. Because I think Quinn Ewers, I think he's overrated. I'm beginning to think that. I, really, I know he's been injured, but man, like, I, I got to see him. Why Ohio State let him go? Oh man, oh man, not for um when he was last year. So I guess they said Stroud. So I can't blame him too much for that. You know those NFL uh, testers were so wrong about Stroud. They called that man a dummy. He's an MVP. <laughs> he's an MVP candidate. Oh my gosh, he has been ridiculous. That's why you don't test football players. All right, Carter. So you have Texas winning this ball game. Yeah, I got I got Texas winning. Uh, I got winning. Okay. okay, okay. So close for you as well. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I think so too. I think so too. So I have a couple upsets this week. I'm like you this week, man. I got Miami over Louisville. I have Clemson over North Carolina. That's a if you want to call that an upset, it's number 20 versus Clemson, and Clemson's picked to win that game. Um, Oregon State over Washington, and then Iowa State over Texas. So, yeah, I got a little – I got a few upsets on my board. And you had the biggest one of them all, Tennessee over Georgia. That would shake – that would shake up everything, Carter. Now, Georgia would probably still get in if they beat Alabama in the SEC championship, but that would shake everything in. Two loss. Two loss. Two loss, Georgia. Two wow. Loss, Georgia. 11 and 2, loss. Georgia. Okay. A bad loss to Tennessee and a championship loss to Man, their season just crumbles the last three weeks. Yep. They give them 20 million. <laughs> okay, Carter. Last question, and we'll get out of here, man. It's late. It's All late. Right. You got work tomorrow. Thank um, you. Let's rank – I don't know if you've done this already. Let's rank the five games we are most excited for the last two weeks of the regular season. You can also include a conference championship 
if you're pretty confident those two teams will be there. But as of right now, I think there's only one um, solidified, and that's Alabama and Georgia. I've already said mine to Jace, so I'll um, I'll give you I'll give you mine just so you can have something to go off of. Um, number one for me is Alabama versus Georgia. I'm so excited for that game, and I think Alabama really could do it. Uh, yeah. Number two, Michigan versus Ohio State. I think. Jace had Oregon versus Washington here, but they're not 100% solidified, so I didn't include them, but they most likely will be there. Um, number three for me is Oregon State versus Washington this weekend. Cannot wait for this game. We just talked about it. Uh, four, Oregon State versus Oregon. If Oregon State beats Washington this weekend, that game next week is going to decide the Pac-12 championship uh, contender, like who goes. Mm. That, and then number five, kind of an oddball, it's Florida State versus Florida. But Florida State travels to the swamp, and I think it'll be a big test for Jordan Travis and Mike Norvell. Um, I'm going to go with actually Bama and Georgia. That's always a big game, no matter yep. what time of year it is. Uh, I'll go Oregon State versus Oregon. Because okay. It's a rivalry game. As you can tell, I mean, it's a back and forth rivalry of the year. Yep. Uh, Oregon State again versus Washington. That's going to be a good game. Yep. Um, now I'll go Michigan versus Ohio State because I think that's going to be the first test for Michigan. Gee, okay. we thought we thought the test last week was, was Penn State. Actually, not. Didn't even show up. And I had some Florida State Florida because of the rivalry and this thing. Okay. Florida State actually get a little taste of the SEC, and Florida's defense actually shows up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think Florida State actually will win that game. Okay. Probably will actually prepare them better for the college football playoffs because Florida's actually been through the ring. They absolutely have. So, yeah, that's my fine. What would make that game even better is if Florida loses to Missouri this weekend, and that's the only game they have left to make it to a bowl game. And I, th- I think they would be desperate. I think that fan base would be there cheering them on, especially for a top – I mean, it's a top four team coming into Florida. So I think yeah. it would be – I think it would be a great environment there. So Jay said sure. number five, he had Alabama and Auburn. Alabama's going to Jordan-Hare, so that stadium will be rocking for that game. And it's a rivalry game. So we've seen Alabama struggle on the road. I know they just beat the hell out of Kentucky last week, but they – they, we have seen them struggle. So, I mean, I understand him picking that game, I, but I didn't. <laughs> I mean, Carter, they beat that. They beat that. Out of Kentucky. <laughs> Man, they let me roll. That boy is looking like Barry Sanders. <laughs> Carter, there was a stat in that Alabama-Kentucky game. Uh, Alabama was up 21 to nothing when Kentucky snapped its fifth play of the ball game <laughs> on offense. They had Devin Leary had five whole snaps before he was down three possessions. Oh, oh man! Oh man! I told you, I told you Nick Saban was gonna be at home for less than all. Yeah, he pretty much was. He could have went home at halftime. He oh, could have. <laughs> so, Carter, I appreciate you staying up late with me, man. I know you got work tomorrow. Uh, Jace had to leave about twenty thirty minutes ago because he had work tomorrow. So. I uh, appreciate y'all for watching. Uh, tune in to the next one after a hopefully a wild week 12 recap.
But uh, appreciate y'all for watching. All right. See you, buddy. Mm -hmm. okay.